Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast, the appearance psychology podcast brought to you by the Centre for Appearance Research, a world-leading research centre based at the University of the West of England in Bristol, investigating everything related to the psychology of how we look. I'm Nadia. And I'm Jade. And this month's episode is on positive body image. Yes, we wanted to dedicate a full episode to the topic of positive body image, because although we refer to it a lot in this podcast, I think it's worthy of an episode in its own right, in part because there's so much exciting research happening on the topic, and also because there's some common misconceptions about what positive body image actually is. Mm, right, for example, it's not uncommon to think that weight loss is the key to improving one's body confidence, or that having a positive body image is simply thinking you look beautiful 24-7. Exactly, so we wanted to talk about some of the nuance around positive body image, what it actually means and involves from a research perspective least. Yeah, and we are really excited to be joined by Professor Tracy Tilker, who's going to help us with that. Tracy is a pioneer of positive body image research, so we couldn't be in better hands, to be honest. Completely. We're also going to discuss some new research looking at different ways to foster positive body image at the end of the episode. Yeah, and we feel it's always good to have lots of options to try when it comes to trying to feel better about our bodies, because different things work for different people. 100%. Should we get started? Yes. We thought we'd start this episode by defining body image because taken literally it sounds kind of weird and I think people can be forgiven for thinking that it's purely about what your body looks like. Yes, like if you have a good body image it sounds like you look good, whatever that means anyway. Yeah, and I think that can be kind of conflated with societal beauty standards. Body image, from the academic sense at least, refers to how we think and feel about the way that our body looks and how we experience our bodies. This means body image includes how we subjectively evaluate our appearance, but also how we feel in our bodies too. And if we are talking about how we think and feel about our bodies, body image includes aspects of our appearance such as skin colour, complexion, muscularity, not just weight and shape. And this means that things like race, gender, weight bias and sexual orientation are really important in the concept of body image. Absolutely. The other thing I always think about when I'm defining body image is to highlight that body image isn't static, that it can change over time, both in terms of different periods of your life. So, for example, how you felt about your body age 7 might be very different to how you felt about your body at age 17. And again, very different to how you feel about it at age 27, 37, 47, I don't know, 97. (laughs) Yeah, and then, but then the other bit is how you, also how you feel about your body can be very different at different times, even on the same day. Like how you feel in the morning might be different to how you feel at lunchtime to how you feel before you're going out, Mm, for example. Definitely. And then the related point to that is that body image is malleable. So many factors can make us feel better or worse in our bodies almost instantly and I think we know this intuitively so I think we can all think of things that make us feel better or worse in our bodies in the moment it's maybe particularly easy to think about what makes us feel worse so for example trying on clothes that don't fit well is is a common one another could be looking at idolized images of thin young people in magazines on tv on instagram and then so kind of falling into that inevitable social comparison trap And then also things like dieting, or even just talking about dieting, or kind of saying that you need to lose weight. I could go on. Yeah, I know. Um, So much of these negative influences on body image are strongly captured in the research. So, for example, there's lots of research that that shows that viewing very idealised, hypersexualized, largely unobtainable models makes women feel immediately worse about their bodies. And there's long-term research that supports the idea that this has additive and lasting effects. 
Right, and there's plenty of research to support the idea that dieting, diet talk, fat talk, weight talk make people feel worse about their body too. Yeah, and we cover some of that evidence in our eating disorder prevention and fat talk episode. So we know about some of the things that make us feel worse, but we also know there are things that we can do to make us feel good in our bodies. But again, at a personal level, we might know what might work for us, but there's less research documenting what makes people have a positive body image in general terms in comparison to what makes people have a negative body image. Right. Positive body image research is certainly playing catch up fast. Currently, there's quite a lot of evidence on body functionality. So one aspect of positive body image as a way of feeling good and about one's body. Go back and listen to our episode on exercise and body image as friend of the podcast, Dr. Jessica Lever, explains more on that, if you haven't already heard, of course. Wow, all the plugs today, Jade. I was just thinking the same thing, actually. Um, But listeners, before you get lost in our archive, wait and listen to hear our interview with Professor Tracy Tilker and hear what she has to say on the topic of positive body image, because I think you're going to love it. And as we said earlier, Tracy has really led the way with positive body image research, so we're very lucky to have her on. Yeah, and after hearing from Tracy, we'll be back after to talk about some new research on positive body image that we hope you'll find interesting. Yeah, definitely, so stay tuned. But now let's introduce Tracy. Right. Tracy is a professor of psychology at Ohio State University. She specialised in both positive and negative aspects of body image and eating behaviour and has made a huge contribution to the field of body image research by leading the way in understanding positive body image. In recognition of her expertise and contribution to the field, Tracy was recently made editor-in-chief of the journal Body Image, an international academic research journal. Hi Tracy, thank you so much for joining us on Appearance Matters, the podcast. We're thrilled to have you and I know our listeners are going to really enjoy hearing from you as well. Thank you for having me, Nadia. I really um, appreciate being here today. Awesome. So as you know, this episode is on positive body image and Jade and I have like spoken a little bit about what it is, but we thought it'd be really great to hear how you define positive body image. Great. Um, Yes. Well, Overall, the way I think positive body image is, um, it's about appreciating and caring for your body. Um, You don't have to be completely satisfied with every aspect of your appearance. Um, That may be asking for too much in Mm -hmm. today's culture. (laughs) But when I think about positive body image in a more detailed way, I define it as an overall love and respect for the body that allows individuals to appreciate their unique qualities, um, both appearance and non-appearance, as well as the functions that their body provides for them and performs for them. Um, it can include self-care, uh, as well as the will to protect the body from body image threats, um, mm-hmm. such as someone says a comment to you about your body and you take it negatively. So to protect yourself from taking it negatively. Those with positive body image also accept their body, including those aspects that are inconsistent with idealized images. Mm -hmm. They tend to emphasize their body assets rather than dwell on their perceived imperfections. Um, They also broadly define what is beautiful. So they're not um, committed to one standard image of beauty. Instead, they can see beauty in many forms. And beauty is not just external, but um, also internal. So they recognize that. Also, feeling confident, comfortable, and happy with their body. And that tends to be expressed as, um, as 
people with positive body image say as an outer glow and inner mm. radiance that radiates outward and influences how they carry their body and so forth. That's a really nice comprehensive definition. And so I don't know, this might just be me, but I feel like sometimes, maybe especially in the media, there are some kind of like misconceptions around what positive body image is. And I don't know if that's been your experience and maybe what the ones that you come across the most are. Yes, there's a lot of misconceptions about positive body image. Um, Today I'll talk about four um, of the ones I hear most often. And a lot of times, this is even held by eating disorder professionals. I've mm. heard this, um, you know, for, for example, saying, you know, that's probably unrealistic to have a positive body image and so forth. But anyway, the four that I um, have heard the most, first, that positive body image is all about appearance, loving how you look. Mm-hmm. A big piece that is missing from that is appreciating what your body does for you. And positive body image is about that, appreciating what your body does, not just how it looks. In fact, how it looks is minor compared Mm -hmm. to um, just appreciating what your body can do uh, for you. Also, loving how you look and loving your body are not the same thing. Right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Loving your body is more comprehensive. It's Mm -hmm. um, unconditionally accepting parts of it um, and not just priding yourself on how you look. Um, So that's the first uh, major misconception that it's all about appearance. Mm -hmm. The second is that you have to love every aspect of your appearance. And this kind of piggybacks on the first one, um, that that might be unrealistic, that, oh my gosh, I don't like the shape of my toes, therefore I can't have positive body or something like that, something Uh minor. Um, But a lot of times people think that I have to love everything about how I look or I'm a fraud, you know, Mm -hmm. if I say I have a positive Mm -hmm. body image. And that's, um, that's, yeah, again, you know, kind of the black-white dichotomous thinking and yeah, dichotomous thinking tends to be um, not good for our well-being. And, yeah. you know, here's one example of that. Um, the third is that those with positive body image can never have bad body image days, mm-hmm. meaning that they always have to have a constant positive body image that's, you know, that comments can't get to them or maybe they um, try on something in the fitting room and it doesn't fit Mm -hmm. as they wish, you know, Oh, they can't have a positive body image. You know, that's a misconception. Uh In fact, um, sometimes body image threats impact all of us, those with and without uh, positive body image. Um, We may be stressed out one day Mm -hmm. and then let, for example, a, a body image comment influence our mood and, in a negative way. So, yeah, those with positive body image tend to have, at times, bad body image days. And we find this a lot in qualitative studies where they're like, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's brief, but sometimes I have, you know, a sense of, ooh, I wish I didn't look like that, Mm -hmm. or I wish this piece of clothing fit well. But what happens is they bounce back relatively fast. Um, They think about the good things about their body that they like, um, both appearance and non-appearance. And the fourth misconception is that a positive body image coincides and follows weight loss. So Mm -hmm. you have to lose weight. You have to be thin to have a positive body Uh image. And that's not what the research says. In fact, 
when individuals lose weight or when they go on a diet, they tend to experience a decrease or lower positive body image. Yeah, oh my goodness, there's so much in there that I want to follow up on. So I think, um, I might see if I can do it in reverse, but the weight loss thing, I think that's like diet culture, right? That like, like, oh, there's like this message that like, oh, if you lose weight, if you're thinner, you will feel better about the way you look, but we just don't see that in the research, do we? So I think that's such an important one. But the, you know, media wants you to believe that because they're the ones selling you to the diet. So Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you'll be smiling once you lose weight. You'll love yourself once you lose weight. But in fact, it's not, yeah, that's a fallacy. Yeah, completely. I think the other point that I really like, I think it was the third point was about um, having, you can still have like a bad body image day, even though you have like overall like positive body image. And I think that's quite important because I think if you then have that bad body image day and then you can like panic, especially if you've like maybe not necessarily always had a positive body image, but maybe worked at it and then suddenly then you're like, oh no, this isn't working for me. So I mean, I wonder how do people with positive body image shift back? Um, Generally what people with positive body image say is they have this protective filter Mm -hmm. that sometimes like a comment or a trigger will kind of, you know, seep in Mm -hmm. and affect um, but they quickly kind of bounce back and say, you know what, um, there's a lot of other things about my body, you know, so I can't um, or I don't look as nice as I would like to in this outfit. That's OK. You know, I mm-hmm. still am uh, a worthwhile person. And then they'll do something uh, nurturing for themselves, engage in self-care rather than beat themselves up. Um, typically what we find is that people with positive body image have a lot of Mm self-compassion. So they allow themselves to feel the emotion and, you know, make, maybe it's a negative emotion. They allow themselves to feel it, but then they go on to do things that are consistent with uh, their values, um, Uh such as taking care of themselves. And then, what happens typically is that those emotions will ebb and flow rather than stay constant negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allows them to bounce back faster. Yeah, I can see that. And then with your example about the outfit, maybe the problem with the outfit, not you, you know, like, you know, maybe I just need a different size. I guess that kind of ties into the self-compassion thing that it's like, it's not you at fault, maybe. Um, right. Absolutely. And people with positive body image, in addition, tend to have good media literacy, meaning that Mm -hmm. they can challenge, you know, the media, you know, oh, well, you know, the magazine says I should be this size, but I don't buy into that. You know, I I challenge that. I, um, I'm not going to fall in line with that because I know that is, um, that is consistent with having a negative body image. So they're able to Uh, do that challenge themselves in regards to that and I want to say that um, a lot of people with positive body image at one point had a negative body image they retrain the way they think Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not like something you're born with and you know you can develop it it might be challenging especially at first Mm -hmm. but by practicing self-compassion as well as um, learning media literacy um, things like that can really aid 
um, in developing a positive body image. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. And I think practice is really important because you won't like switch overnight being like decide like, oh, I don't want to feel horrible about my body anymore. I want like, I want to feel good. And like, why isn't that happening? Like, you've got to practice those things and be like, it might feel like unusual at first, but then like the more you practice it, like with anything, with any kind of skill, um, you then like you get better at it, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Retraining yourself. And um, a lot of times, you know, people are just like enough. I'm sick of feeling Mm -hmm. negatively about my body. A lot of times they have role models and that person they admire doesn't look anything like um, a supermodel. Mm -hmm. Like, wait a minute, you know, I, that means I don't really have to hold myself to some unrealistic standard too. Yeah. Yeah. Role models are a really useful way of making that shift as well. So like role modeling, like the positive body image behavior. So like not engaging in fat talk or, you know, maybe doing all those self-care practices, like that kind of modeling behaviors can be really useful. Yes, exactly. And just that, um, yeah, the modeling, uh, like you mentioned, the, Mm -hmm. you know, just the, oh, okay, this is how she or he carries himself or herself. Mm -hmm. And they don't fall in line like what you said with salt, with um, fat talk. Instead, yeah. they, you know, say, well, no, I'm not going to talk about my body like that yeah. or whatever, you know. And they're yeah. like, oh, it's another way yeah. To, to, yeah, interact yeah. with your body. Yeah, because, like, things like fat talk are so common, but, like, we, you can, like, make that shift, can't you? And if everyone kind of does it, then it will right. be common not to do it, which I guess is the goal. Yes, so I wanted to ask, because I don't, I don't know again if you feel the same way, and I think maybe it relates to, I can't remember now if it's the first or second misconception that you're talking about, but sometimes I kind of worry that there's a lot of pressure, maybe particularly on girls and young women, to feel like they love their bodies, like kind of no matter what your body looks like. So I wonder what you think about that and like how we can maybe get around that. Yeah. Yeah, God, there's so many mixed messages, as uh-huh. you mentioned. Um, there's, you know, stories and commercials and so forth oh love your body but Mm -hmm. also they're bookended with um commercials to lose weight (laughs) um even fashion and health magazines uh tell girls and women to love their bodies right after or before showing them a weight loss ad Mm -hmm. or a thin bottle selling product um i remember um a magazine just you know, talking about positive body image, it was a, you know, like an issue of positive body image issue, but they had, um, you know, many dieting ads within right. it, that mixed message. So how do we get around this? I mean, it definitely the mixed message is there. And I agree that a lot of people feel like, wait a minute, um, I should love my body, but I don't love certain parts of it. So how do I negotiate that and yeah. and so forth? And that kind of puts them in a state of feeling almost like a fraud, you know, mm-hmm. like if they do say they have a positive yeah. body, you know, it's a, it's a real big struggle. It's dissonance. It's cognitive dissonance. Uh-huh. But um, what you could do and what I think you mentioned this, addressing the misconceptions that you have to love all aspects of your appearance. And that's, you know, misconception. Uh, remember, loving your body is not the same as loving everything about the way you look. So, um, you know, talking about just more holistically, what do you appreciate about your body and and focusing on what your body can do. And I do want to say here that 
what we can do is dependent on our ability. And a lot of times people think, oh my gosh, you know, by focusing on body functionality isn't good either because that, you know, some people aren't functional. Mm -hmm. Like for example, a person with MS might not Mm -hmm. be as functional, but what we find generally, and there's been some exciting research on this that shows that even individuals with, Um, spinal cord injuries, Mm -hmm. they appreciate their functional gains or what their body can do, even if they're limited, very limited in terms of their mobility. So anyway, getting back to your question, I know I cut off on a tangent, but uh, address the misconceptions that you have to love um, all aspects of your appearance is one you don't. Also, positive body image is not so much about loving your appearance as it is loving, caring, and appreciating your body and what it can do for you. We can get around it by teaching girls and women to create a protective filter um, to hopefully internalize more positive body information. Like, wow, in my yoga class, Mm -hmm. uh, I can do this. I'm flexible in this way or um, I'm strong in this way. Um, And a protective filter actually can reject negative body image information, such as um, a tendency to compare yourself to um, people in your yoga class Mm -hmm. in terms of function as well as appearance. And a protective filter helps individuals cope with body image threats um, as well. So, you know, just uh, be able to buffer off or let those threats bounce off rather than be internalized. Um, Although, as I said before, sometimes they are internalized and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, to teach body image flexibility, Mm -hmm. uh, body flexibility is being mindful of your distress, um, yet moving ahead towards what you value. So not trying to minimize your distress, but just being mindful, sitting with your distress, but then saying, okay, well, you know, I need to move ahead with something I value, um, you know, maybe taking care of myself or treating myself kindly. Um, yeah. So I think that's important to do is teaching body image flexibility as yeah. well. Yeah, I like that term body image flexibility. And I'm glad you brought up the piece about the body image functionality and then the ableism yeah. piece. I think that's really important and sometimes gets missed. Anyway, I want to kind of move on a little bit. So I know you're an advocate of health at every size and combating weight stigma. And so I wonder, like, why you think this is important for positive body image? Sure. Um, Well, health at every size, and we call this haze Mm -hmm. a lot of times. So if I say haze, it's H-A-E-S, health at every size. (laughs) Um, But anyway, haze is a perspective that we should focus on preserving and improving health, as well as access to health for everybody without a focus on weight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the idea that weight is really a poor index of health. Um, so why are we focusing so much on prescribing weight loss, especially when it's not effective? Mm-hmm. Uh, like dieting we has been shown to consistently lead to weight regain as well as food preoccupation. And why are we prescribing that to individuals who um, are of high weight and trying to get people of low weight and eating disorder treatment to stop um, weight loss? So it's kind of, you know, that that challenge. Um, Also, we challenge the medical professions 
um, as well. For example, if um, a patient goes in and um, wants to be treated for migraines and leaves with dieting advice, you know, that's poor medical health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so being, you know, challenging that. Um, but how haze is tied to positive body image? Um, first of all, haze is about working towards eradicating weight stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, weight stigma is kryptonite to positive body image, uh-huh. meaning that it fuels um, negative body image and it hinders your ability to be appreciative of your body. If someone's making fun of your body or if someone's um, scolding your body and telling your bo- you know, your, you that your body is wrong, um, it's really hard to appreciate your body in that context. So... We know that weight stigma fuels body dissatisfaction, fuels body shame, and lowers body appreciation. And again, it's hard to appreciate your body when you're told that it's wrong and that it should be fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hayes challenges the notion of prescribed weight loss, um, given research that links dieting with higher food preoccupation, disordered eating, psychological distress, mm-hmm. and uh, not to mention low effectiveness. So, um, you know, kind of point being that it's easier to appreciate your body when you're not told to lose weight. Um, and so that's the connection. Yeah. Between haze and positive body image. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Based on all of your work and kind of expertise in this area, what advice would you give our listeners who want to improve their relationship with their bodies? Yes. Um, several things that we can do uh, to improve positive body image. First of all, focus on appreciating the body for what it can do. Mm-hmm. So kind of retrain your brain of when you you start to think about appearance, um, kind of switch to, okay, let's think about what positive things my body can do. Focus on strengths rather than perceived imperfections. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel strongly, you know, in a positive way about your body rather than focusing on one area that you don't like? Third, we can develop a protective filter uh, to help cope with uh, body image threats. So again, a protective filter helps absorb positive information about the body and reject negative information about the body. And I used this example before, but I'll use it again. But in a yoga class, appreciating, wow, I can, you know, I worked and now I can do this Mm -hmm. asana and not focus on how others look in the class. So that's um, building the protective filter. Um, Also, developing regular mindful self-care practices. Um, Self-care is just nurturing activities um, such as embodying exercises like yoga or meditation um, or something that you enjoy, whether it be running or volleyball or just walking Mm -hmm. in nature, hiking. Um, But whatever it is to help you reduce stress and guide you to focus on what your body can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, to keep other self-care practices in check, like are you sleeping well? Mm-hmm. Are you providing yourself with uh, nutritious food on a regular basis? Um, hydration? Are you doing things for emotional regulation, such as meditation, just to help soothe you, calm you, etc.? And uh, last, develop self-compassion, so mm-hmm. being kind to yourself. And even if you don't have a good body image today, it doesn't mean you have 
you don't have a positive body image. So it's important to keep that in mind. So even if you have a bad body image day, you can still have a positive body image. So be kind to yourself during that process. Yeah, I really like all of those. And then I think there's a bit of like noticing what you feel bad about your body and then thinking like, are there any of those toxic influences that you can... Can you just like get rid of them? I don't know. Yes. Is, it, and is it just like not shopping in like certain stores if they make you feel like not good or like whatever it is? Or like, I don't know if you have clothes in your wardrobe that are like 10 years old and, and not your size anymore. Absolutely. You know, you're, like, That's your a great um, strategy to just take note of what triggers negative body image for you or triggers that bad body image day, um, whether it be leaping through fashion magazines in your Mm -hmm. doctor's office or whatever, or having a doctor that criticizes, you know, your weight and doesn't take into consideration other health indices. Uh Um, Or like you said, clothes that don't fit and, and so forth to right to get them out of your closet. So right to, to um, minimize those body image related threats as much as you can. Mm -hmm. That's great. So I have one more question before our all-important cake question. And I think that this might be well-timed. So I know you've done quite a lot of work on intuitive eating and positive body image. And I just wondered if you could say just a tiny bit about like what the relationship maybe is between intuitive eating and positive body image. Does like one predict the other or or do they just go hand in hand? Um, That's a great, great question and something that really has fueled my interest for some time. Um, but um, just, you know, just to make sure that listeners understand what intuitive eating is, uh-huh. it's an adaptive form of eating whereby people attempt to trust in and rely on their hunger and satiety signals to determine what, when, and how much to eat. So basically, uh-huh. it's just listening to your body, what it needs, and providing the fuel that um it needs the fuel right. being food. Right. Um, intuitive eating is correlated with a whole host of well-being variables such as life satisfaction, self-compassion, um, proactive coping, um, positive emotions, as well as low disordered eating and low food preoccupation. And what's exciting is that both correlational and longitudinal research supports the strong link between positive body image and intuitive eating. So um, the higher positive body image, the greater intuitive eating mm-hmm. a person tends to have. Um, and recently, researchers from Australia studied this link in adolescent girls, and they found that um, baseline levels of positive body image were linked to higher levels of intuitive eating one year later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it fits in with the whole yeah. idea that positive body image is um, an aspect of self-care and the self-care being, you know, eating intuitively, not trying to diet or, you know, restrict calories or, you know, not give yourself something that your body needs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 Awesome. Okay. So now we can get on to my favorite question. So at CAR, we have a weekly cake and coffee morning. I know you're in the States, so you can't just like (laughs) hop over. But um, if you were to come along, what cake would you bring and why? Yes. Um, What an amazing tradition. I love this. Um, It reminds me 
me of when I worked in a counseling center at Southern Illinois University mm-hmm. for everyone's birthday. And this is a pretty big counseling center. So like every day we had a cake um, that the director made a cake and would ask people, you know, like, okay, what cake would you like for your birthday and why and mm-hmm. so forth. So I don't know in terms of, um, my dad is 86 years old uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow, so wow, happy I think is yes. I would I would bring his favorite cake, uh-huh. which is a carrot cake or mm-hmm. a spice cake. He he likes both, yeah. but this time I'll go with a carrot cake and with cream cheese icing. So oh. double layer. Oh, um, very nice icing. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, Tully likes this thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. So yeah, so to honor him uh-huh. um, and his birthday, I would I would bring that. Oh, that's that's very nice, and we would all honor your dad if you were to bring that. <laughs> if you had to bring that cake. Oh, Tracy, thank you ever so much for joining us on the podcast. I really enjoyed speaking to you, and I know our listeners are going to get a lot from from hearing you. So thank oh. you. Thank you. And thank you again for having me. I really do appreciate the opportunity uh, to talk about positive body image. So thanks. Wonderful. That was great. And I think it's really important to remember that positive body image isn't about always feeling positive towards your body in the way it looks. Yeah, positive body image, as we've heard, is so much more. It's about accepting your body for how it is, regardless of how it matches any kind of societal ideals. It's about appreciating your body for what it can do. Mm -hmm. It's about self-care and respect for your body, kind of that love for your body. What else? Uh, is it about it's and then it's about celebrating like a diversity in appearance as, as well of other people's bodies and okay so before we end we want to spend a few minutes talking about some recent research on positive body image right so as we've heard a bit from tracy researchers have focused on embodying activities so that is helping people gain a sense of connection with their bodies and feeling empowered in relation to their bodies and attuned to the self-care needs of their bodies as a way of promoting positive body image And in line with this idea of embodiment or feeling more connected with one's body, participating in sport, dance and yoga are often highlighted as a way of helping people feel better in in their bodies. Yeah, yoga in particular I feel like is a hot topic at the moment in the area of body image research. And we've got an episode planned to talk about this in more depth coming up. Yeah, we also have an episode planned about dance and body image because the relationship feels a bit more like it could go either way actually. I feel we often hear about the pressure to look a certain way to be a dancer which feels detrimental but then the embodiment and functionality piece could be positive. Absolutely I danced a lot when I was growing up and I can definitely see both the positive and negative sides so definitely worth an episode. Mm. And as we said earlier we have already done an episode on body image and exercise where you can hear body functionality expert Dr Jessica Lever talk about how focusing on what your body can do can help you feel better about your body. Right. Now, as promised, we want to touch on two new areas of body image research, which look at different ways of helping people improve their body image, which we thought was pretty exciting. And the first is about getting outdoors and spending time in nature. And there are a couple of recent studies led by Professor of Social Psychology Viren Swamy on exposure to nature and body appreciation, i.e. body positivity. So first, a paper in 2016 found that self-reported exposure to natural environments, so I guess being outdoors, was significantly associated with greater body appreciation in both men and women in the US. Mm, This is interesting, but isn't this correlational, right, Nadia? So it could be that people with greater body appreciation are more likely to spend time outdoors. Yeah, we don't know which way around it goes. So Vrim Swamy and colleagues followed this research up by publishing a series of five experimental studies 
That paper was published in Body Image this year, wasn't it? Body Image being the journal that Tracy is the editor of. Yeah, exactly. So let me describe the studies quickly. In the first three studies, British university students were shown photos of natural or built-up environments and the studies found that viewing images of the natural environments, so like green space, beaches, woodland, for example, improved state body appreciation, while the images of buildings had no effect on body image. Oh, so what was the difference between the three studies then? Good question. So they used different designs and measures of body image to see if what they found was reliable. So the results just weren't a product of the study design or specific measure that they were using. Okay, then what about study four and five? Right, so because study one to three were just based on lab experiments where participants were shown photos of green spaces or built-up areas, Mm. the researchers wanted to know if actually being outside in nature in real life had a bigger effect on people's body image. So they tested this in two studies. One, the first, where participants went for an escorted walk with a member of the research team, either in a green space or in a built-up area. And in the second study, where participants walked in a green space on their own, because they wondered if walking with a researcher might be weird and affect the results. And what did they find? So both studies found that walking in green spaces improved body image immediately after the walk. And interestingly, in study four, the half of the participants that walked around in the urban space, in these participants, their body appreciation scores actually decreased after the walk. So immediately after the walk, they felt worse about their body. Wow, how come? It's hard to tell without further research, but the authors speculate that it could be in relation to billboards and advertising that you see when you walk around urban spaces. And we know that can kind of trigger negative body image related thoughts. Yeah, that makes sense. So maybe part of why being in green spaces is a positive influence or at least momentarily positive influence of body image is the absence of all these billboards and idealised images. Mm -hmm. But also it could be about being in open green space is allows them to be more present in the moment and more appreciative of what they have and what they're actually doing, the act of walking. Yeah, and I think then it's interesting to see if we can pass out the the walking with just being out in nature. Um, And it's interesting that even pictures of nature can actually have a positive effect. We should really take note of that because we often use pictures of nature in our control conditions when we're testing effects on the size of models, for example. Which would explain why the control group in one of my studies had improved body image after viewing a video of landscapes. It had lots of green spaces in it. That Mm. might explain that. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, very. So the second fascinating study that we've read recently on positive body image is also by Viram Swami, and it's in connection to life drawing. And actually, in a paper published last year in 2017, he found life drawing with new models had a positive impact on men and women's state body image. And additionally, a session of life drawing classes improved participants' body appreciation, although it made no difference to their drive for fitness or muscularity. Right, that reflects the idea that positive body image and negative body image are different constructs, they're different things. Um, I thought it was interesting that the positive effects on participants' state body image was the same, regardless of whether the model was the same gender to them or not. Yeah, that was interesting. We'll link to both papers if you want to read more, but essentially it sounds like spending more time outside, looking at pictures of nature and going to life drawing class might help you improve your body image. On the topic of life drawings, at CAR we have two days a year which we call away days, um, which actually this time was away and a day, um, where we get to catch up on what projects everyone is working on in CAR and some additional fun activities and guess what we did this time? Yep, you guessed it. A life drawing!
And when you do this kind of thing, it's much more important just to actually focus on the activity and the actual process, because um, it is interesting, because what you're having to do is you're having to look at things in a very, very different way from actually how you would normally, okay? I mean, most of the time, we kind of use a sort of a visual shorthand when we're going about our day-to-day -day business. So it's like if you do something like going to a um, supermarket to do some shopping, you're not spending ages actually trying to work out what a tomato looks like or what a tin of beans looks like because you've already learned that these things will have a certain kind of appearance. So half the time, you're not really looking at things in a very sort of analytical kind of way. When you're actually drawing, you know, you've actually got to try and forget the fact that you're looking at a couple or sort of a person or something like that and just actually focus on the lines and the curves and the angles and the relationships. And of course, when you're doing something like drawing a, a person, particularly when they haven't got any clothes on, that, that can be, you know, can be quite challenging. <coughs> and a lot of people maybe who've never done live drawing before, they don't always understand actually that in many ways it can be quite a sort of neutral kind of experience. How did you find it, Jade? Actually, it was my first time doing a life drawing um, and I really enjoyed it. I started to think of the the nude male model as kind of as if I was painting a paint pot, for example. It become someone, not a nude model, it just becomes something that I could really try and draw on the page and it was very therapeutic i really enjoyed it if you're a local and want to check it out we'll put a link to the website in the show notes yeah brilliant and kind of going back to what we were saying right in the beginning different things work for different people so you have to go with what works for you only you're an expert in your own body image so, too right oh yeah so try yeah try, <laughs> sorry to interrupt <laughs> right so just try try things out and work out what works for you yeah, and I think that's a good place to end. Otherwise, we could go on forever, to be honest. It's true. Well, thank you for listening, as always. And a huge thanks to our guest, Professor Tracy Tilker, for her amazing insights. Yes, and let us know what works for you. What makes you feel good in your body? There's a bunch of ways. Um, we would love to hear. Tweet at us on the Centre's Twitter handle, at car underscore U-W-E.